everybody, this is Eric Frankhouse from EFP. This is our postcast. Whew, what a session. I want to dig into this with you guys and kind of give you the rundown of how things went versus what I thought was going to happen. I'm a little hazy. We started at 2, we played to 9. It was a good long session. Fortunately, Ian had some problems that came up, so he did not get to come and play the Druid, so we don't know as viewers or players even what happened to him in that private room with the castling and those guards so let's get into this so we started at about 230 uh 245 i and ian was not able to be there like i just said earlier but um, if you follow him online, you can find out what happened. It's not my place to say here, but they, I can say that he is fine and his girlfriend is fine. Um, with that, we don't know what happened to him, so I'm going to separate him from this cast. Him and I are going to handle that on our own time, which should be pretty entertaining. And then from there, I think, uh, I think I'm going to dive into what happened. So in the hallway, I drew up a hallway for him, did it really rough. It's really weird getting back into doing miniatures again. We're just using gems for now, but I, I think I'm going to go back to using miniatures. Um, we don't use a lot of maps because we've been playing Numenera. If I do draw them out, they're smaller just to reference where people are and so on. Combat went rough. There's only two of them. The first time, one of these imposters, is what I'm calling them, the guard imposters, splattered, hit one of the pillars, and started reforming, combat got rough. Six arms, um, if they hit you with two of them, it allows them to force you to do a bluff check, or sorry, a uh, perception check, and then they can get their sneak attack, even though they don't move, as they're like moving your arms aside, stabbing you in the ribs. Two of them, it's three guys and Vrat. Vrat is that marked gargoyle guy. Um, it took them, I'd say like six combat rounds to take these things out. When they bound to the stone, they got 10 extra hit points and they got their extra attacks. They can only re-attack one person once or they can use two attacks to set up that sneak. Combat got brutal. Um, Callum was blowing lightning all over the place. Uh, Malachi was defending himself pretty well. He didn't really get hurt too much there. And Iris was in her court uniform, not the smuggler. And she was dodging around fighting. She had to use her the weapon, like I thought she would have to, because uh, she didn't want them to know that she had the dagger. Pretty sweet. Took a while to fight. Up in the high courtesan first tier, where Maxton and uh, that's the lieutenant and Calder, which is the captain, was. They started throwing down, trying to clear a doorway, kind of teamwork fighting it. Maxton tossing one over the ledge, and when they did, behind them, think of this like a huge auditorium where there's an exit on each side. They're on the one that's on the east, though, and on the west, fire is going off, and some of the citizens of the courts came stumbling forward on the ground and like vomiting up this gray clay. So after they cleared two, they had to clear those guys out. Um, at one point in time, Callum, or Calder, um, the warlock that Tan is playing, blasted one out the door and over a ledge. We looked at the rules for how it works in 5e. We know tax opportunity have changed, but when you hit somebody, and if they move out and pass what they can grab, they fall. I mean, unless they have a spell, they just take it. And that's what happened. He fell down the stairwell. He didn't make it. Splattered all over the place. So they made their way out, and then uh, the whole group reconvened, and they're not really friends with the druids, saying think about him not being there. They reconvene out in the hall, and it's like, what are we going to do? Everyone's escaping. The high court members are getting attacked in there. There's like 100 guards in there fighting it off. 
what are we going to do? So they all fled, went back to their respective courts, healed up for the evening, waited, waited to hear uh, what the pages sent out saying happened in the courts and what the whispering words did. They find out that they defended themselves from the imposters, took down the stone lords, a few high court members were injured, but no one died, apparently. That's high magic, right? So they get back together, and I'm like, okay, well now they're going to have to figure out what the imposters are. And I had decided Vrat went back to the Smithson, which is Malachi's place. He went in one of the high towers uh, that they own and started doing experiments because he's a transmuter. He's from the Court of Scale. Well, what he was really doing was transmuting himself to a full gargoyle with three phylacteries to keep himself mm, pretty sane so that he couldn't be changed if these things had any marks because uh, he was thinking maybe they could mark people. And his sanity was definitely in question during this entire adventure. He went from this kind of like decrepit talker who I want to help, but um, I'm afraid if I fight, there might be, uh, I might lose it to a very calm, collected, almost not caring about anything but the job. <clears throat> and his voice, uh, his voice changed up, which was fun for me. Do you know that I will do what's necessary, but I don't care need subjects to test on and that's what he wanted he wanted subjects to test on. he didn't care who it was what court prisoners one of them hell at the time um irrespective of being a commoner he even offered up using her so they decided yeah we need to do research so research is what they needed to do callan being the third born um and from high spire as a monk went to the court of scales told them hey i think i know somebody who can help um but he's a gargoyle and he's marked we don't trust that, but bring him and we'll see what we can do. Uh, the group met up, had a conversation about everything, and they met at, uh, what did the party end up meeting this place? Hold on, I'm gonna cheat. I know I don't use my book usually, but I am gonna cheat and look at this. Uh, they met at the Twisted Ribs bar with shaped bone trays and glasses. This is in the Court of Bone, and it's kind of like in the communal area before you go out to the uh, Court of Bones uh, tower. So with that said, they eat there, have a discussion. They're like, okay, we'll go to the Court of Scale. Uh, we'll talk to the people who are there, and we will bring Vrat there to do research. He kept saying he needs a subject to test on, because unless he sees these imposters in action, he doesn't know what they actually do. So he waited. And waited. And they got there. They didn't want to let him through. Oh, well, I almost skipped. Uh, when they were going there, there are a bunch of people kind of rebelling or asking questions of the Court of Scale that are Court of Scale members like civilians saying, why aren't you letting us in? You need to solve this problem. You're transmuters. This is your job. People kind of picketing is what it looked like and filling the bridge that goes between the kingdom and the Court of Scale Tower, the, the tower that they're all you know, in, like that community area. And the group had to make their way through. Two big dudes were causing problems, and by the time they get everyone across the bridge, they close the bridge. A few people fall off, and they segregate their tower out away from the castle. It's now floating as their own tower. Well, it sounded good in theory, and they brought and said, I need a subject, and they all argued about it for a little bit. And Callan had to convince the wizard they were dealing with from the Court of Scale to let him in because he would not come in manacled. And he did convince him. Uh, the character's name was Zazarosk. Um, and unfortunately, some of these people are not going to make this story. 
So they're like, yeah, okay, we need somebody. And the commoner, which was Iris in disguise, said, hey, why don't we, uh, why don't we get some of prisoner of war? You got a prisoner of war here? Well, we can't get back to the kingdom, but you have him here in the court of scale. Now, if we do, he's very dangerous. He's been here for 50 years. Uh, captain Calder's like, no, we need him. The captain of the court of rose. Um, I don't care if he's a prisoner of war. He's, that means he's a prisoner of war for the kingdom. Let's get him out. So they go down there to talk to him. This guy's out in a lake underneath the tower in his prison, you know, like the third dungeon down. They make a bridge that goes out to him and pulls up out of the water. Um, the commoner stays back here, stays in disguise. And Calder goes out there, sees a guy in this like circled off energy field, stands up. He's pretty big. He's like 6'8", but he's corded. You can tell he's withered. I think he hasn't been fed well. And the, the Zaz tells him, listen, this guy's super dangerous. We can't go in, but if you want him, you'll get the manacles ready. Calder, without even talking to him, goes, prisoner of war, looks good. He's guilty of killing people. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so what do you guys want his prisoner number to be? And this is out of character. And uh, Iris, Kelly says, uh, I don't know, like, prisoner, he was like 26, 27, I think is what she said. Yeah. Yeah, prisoner 26, 27. I'm like, okay, that's how many people he's killed. Let's <laughs> not like, get this mass murderer out. They said he's went from one kingdom, the, the kingdom of Imperia, through the Flensing Fields to Uderak and passed out of the doors. So now they got this guy in capture. It's like bringing in Hannibal Rector and the Rolling Carter, the Joker. They get in there and Vrat has been talking to Zaz and the rest of them and then they decide that, you know, here's how we're going to do it. He's like, I'm going to have to take his ink off of them because they're magical. It's the only thing magical on him. I'm going to put some of my own runes on them. We're going to shove them in this bubble that you have in the center because they'd already been doing testing. Is the court scale. And there's a wall in there that one of the imposters has merged to, and they shove them inside. Well, it didn't go well. As a matter of fact, it went horribly wrong. First time you try to get out, they shove them back in. And Verat wants to keep doing it. So they shove three more imposters and they go out in the city, he builds an item, they bring more back. This is over the course of a couple hours they're doing this research. Shove them in and one gets out, hooks a knife into, oh, by the way, I didn't even mention, he just starts making blades appear inside of his bubble. But the blades are the weapons of the players because they were told to leave weapons away from him. They just didn't leave him far enough. Now, in a few checks they understood after they put these three imposters in, and this prisoner, 2627, escapes out, starts fighting them, and he has each one of their blades that they left away, but only bladed weapons, not the hammer, none of that kind of stuff. People had those with them. And they go out and get the weapons, and they start fighting him. Uh, he ends up putting down the entire group, kills Vrat, and he warned them when he's in there. He's like, you're going to be the first to kill you, the second. The order didn't go the way I wanted, but he definitely came out swinging. They almost took him down. And he escapes, and he kills everybody between point A and point B. He gets out to the bridge, and he jumps. So now there's a prisoner on the loose, and they don't know who he is other than his prison number. And he's very dangerous. I think if the group would have been prepared, and I didn't have that rule of don't bring your weapons in here, and he'll he'll take them. Uh, and he drew his own sword to him from somewhere. Eventually, think of like Thor's hammer. But this is this weird astral metal. And it's kind of sliced through the door. And then he had his own blade. And that's when things got really bad. But he wasn't that much higher level than them. Um, he's just a combat monster. He's made for fighting. And that's what he does. 
but realized he looks like a Circle of Blades member. Now, a little history on this new setting. Uderak, uh, which is the kingdom they're part of, the kingdom of Quartz, the, the city of Quartz, they have the Circle of Blades. There's a circle emblem with blades facing out, um, and they are aggressive, they don't use magic, they train heavily with a blade with a metal that adapts to them in their fighting style, and once it hits things, it takes on those properties so they can bypass damage reduction, hardness, fire, whatever it may be. Every time you hit, it gets one thing necessary to bypass who they are, so as you're fighting a creature, it gets better and better. Well, that's the blade that came to him. But there are the circle on this guy that they left on because that one wasn't magical. But the other ones, like on the bottom of his foot, his chest, they cut off. Uh, this one, all the blades are facing in. No one knew what that was. So he's going to end up being a main character. He might be an anti-hero, might be a villain. The group doesn't know. They're scared. He got loose. And we got messed up. Um, they woke up to Iris as Court of the Bone, feeling Calder stopping from dying because he rolled a natural one on his deaths. Everybody else made theirs, including the commoner. So the party realizes that Iris, Kelly's character, there is the commoner and her. And how that's happening, no one's figured out yet. But I'm sure questions are going to get brought up. They got walked out. The queen, or not queen, the uh, head spymaster for the court of Bone told them, listen, you have two choices. Either A, never talk about this again, go about your business, go about your court life, or I will pay you each 10,000 gold, 5,000 up front for your silence, and another 5,000 to find the man that left, to go to the flinching fields, and hunt down samples so we can actually stop this petrification from the far north, sweeping down through the flinching fields to the kingdoms. Because you guys remember in that first session, everybody was worried about is the fields turned to mud 10 foot their war machines and their armies sunk into them and now the stone wave is coming across solidifying everything as people are trying to get out and their battle is still kind of waging in a really slow manner so that's the situation we're at with that being the end of the game of that session session five i think i'm going to go back and uh, make a few notes i think this guy's going to be i'm looking back i really liked his character I'm going to make out the Circle of Blades as an organization. So those who listen to this, uh, you probably know I have a Patreon. I'm going to be changing it up. If you like this this session-by-session pre-postcast, I got something awesome. I'm going to be putting this out as a micro-setting. Patreon is still going to be doing the plotted adventures. I'm still going to finish the the arc I have. But I'm going to be doing micro-campaign settings. um, And then I'll be doing plotted adventures around those and player aids around those. So stay tuned. If you love this, you can get in early on it. Let me know if you like this. Call in, email, uh, send me a message on on Facebook, on Instagram. But that's it for this postcast for the Flactory Session 5. I am loving the setting in this game. My players are really being engaging. And I'll be honest with you, thinking about recording it. We'll see, though. All right, everybody. Enjoy the day. Go play some games. And if nothing else, get ready for Friday's podcast.